May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. Let's try that again. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. And I also want to say welcome to the North Campus. You guys joining us by video feed, glad that you're joining us today. Today we're in part two of our message series, You Asked For It, where we are responding to the top four questions submitted on a survey we did in church a couple months ago. And I want to be honest with you, today's message for me is personally very convicting. Because, you know, the truth is, I haven't shared my personal faith uh, in quite some time, probably like six months or more. So I'm feeling pretty convicted by this morning's message. You know, and for me, it's a little bit different because whenever I share my faith and somebody finds out I'm a pastor, like, they treat me differently, okay? I remember uh, one time I was at a dinner party with some church members, and they were introducing me to some of their friends, and they introduced me to this one lady, and they said, oh, this is Mike, and he's the pastor of our church. And no lie, this lady took her glass of wine and went <laughs> like that. And, she, and then she reached out her hand to like shake my hand. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me right now? Like, my kids did that when they were five. You're like, hey, what do you got behind your back? Nothing. You know, I'm like, my son's holding a cat, you know. But no lie. And now, so I was pretty sure that she wasn't really wanting to have a conversation about Jesus, you know, unless we're going to talk about how he turned water into wine. You know, that'd probably be the peak of her interest there. But I'm telling you, I personally am feeling very convicted about this message because it's been, it's been a long time since I've shared my faith. Since I've told someone about Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not talking about like when I share Jesus from the stage or, you know, when someone comes to see me because I'm a pastor. I'm talking about just sharing Jesus with people that I meet just, you know, as I'm going through life. Because how do we think that the early church grew so fast? It's because people were so excited about their faith, were so changed by Jesus Christ that they wanted to share him with everyone they met. And they did. By the thousands, by the tens of thousands, they were so effective at sharing Christ that literally the entire Mediterranean world changed. And in 300 years after Jesus Christ was uh, crucified and resurrected, Christianity became so popular that it became the official religion of the Roman Empire. That's amazing! And they didn't have the internet, or Twitter, or Facebook, or Instagram, or anything like that. They just shared their faith. You know, sometimes we have this, you know, grand misperception that, you know, the New Testament Christians, that they were like super Christians, you know, they shared their faith, they had more faith than we do, and you know, they were like doing miracles every other day. Well, no, that's not what they were like. Remember, these people, you know, they were married, and they had kids, and they had a job that they went to every day, and they stressed about finances and teenagers and all the same stuff that we do. 
Now, I mean, they, you know, they didn't have cars or iPads or football, but they had carts and scrolls and chariot races. So look, while the details of their life were different, the situations that they were in, they were the same. They're, they really weren't that much different than us. And like us, many of them had family members that did not know Christ. So when someone became a Christ follower, and they realized that, that maybe their dad or their mom, or their aunt, or their uncle, or a brother, or a sister, or a cousin, or a close friend didn't know about Christ. They reached out to them and told them. And if they had a family member that lived in the next town, they would go to the next, that next town and tell them about Jesus. They were just, they just felt so compelled to tell anyone and everyone they could. They would do anything to reach the lost at any cost. That's what they did. And I know a lot of us, we have family members that aren't Christ followers. You know, maybe it's a mom or a dad or a brother or a sister, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, a close friend. And we want to tell them about Jesus, but we don't know how. Well, these New Testament Christians were trained how to share their faith and they took the opportunity to, opportunity to share every time they could. And we need to do the same. And so this morning, we're going to learn how to share our faith. And then it's up to us to take the opportunities to share it. Now, and the good news is, is that none of this is hard. Sharing Jesus is not hard. It doesn't require a seminary degree. You don't have to have lots of Bible verses memorized, okay? Remember, the people in the New Testament... Most of them worked a trade for a living. They weren't educated people. So sharing about Jesus is not hard. And it was never meant to be. So let's look at a New Testament example of someone who shared their faith, and then let's draw some application points for ourselves from it. So go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. Let's start by asking the question, how do I share my faith? Number one is this, steer the conversation toward Christ. You have to steer the conversation toward Christ. Look at a guy named Philip and what happened to him as he was walking down the road and how he had a chance to tell someone about Jesus. In Acts chapter 8 verse 27, the Bible says, so he, that's Philip, started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said. Unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Okay. Are, are you getting what's happening here? Okay. Philip is just, you know, he's walking down the road, and then he gets, he probably just gets passed by this chariot. And so the chariot goes on a little way, and then he, he, the Holy Spirit says to him, run up to that chariot and keep up with it. Okay. Let me just pause right here for a second. 
you might not audibly hear the Holy Spirit tell you to go engage someone in a conversation about Jesus. But what might happen is that the Holy Spirit might just make you feel compelled to go introduce yourself to someone and start a, a conversation about spiritual matters. You, you might get that, that weird feeling in your stomach, that weird nervous feeling that you need to go and talk to someone about church or about God or about you know, your small group or an FX concert or a sermon series, something we're doing in a sermon series here at church. You know, when you get that weird feeling in your stomach, okay, that is the Holy Spirit talking to you. Because okay? it's not the devil, because he wouldn't want you to share anything, and it's not you, because if it was you, like you wouldn't be nervous. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. And God is looking for people who would be willing to respond to his prompting and go chase down a chariot. He's looking for people that would be willing to seize the opportunity to tell someone about Jesus. So would you do that? Would you be willing to, you know, chase some chariots if the Holy Spirit prompts you to with that feeling inside? And want to notice another thing about Philip. Philip had to put forth some effort to keep up with the chariot, okay? Now look, there's no way this chariot, you know, is hauling down at full speed, okay? That, that's not happening. But you know, the horse is probably leading the chariot. He's probably walking, but, you know, horses walk faster than people. So, you know, Philip had to, you know, he had to run up to it. And then he probably had to, like, kind of run, walk a little bit, run, walk a little bit, just to, you know, keep up with the thing. He had to put forth some effort. In the same way, you in your conversation, you're going to have to put forth some effort in order to steer the conversation towards Christ. Look, because, look, if you wait for them to bring up the subject of Jesus... It's never going to happen. You have to do it. You have to steer that conversation. And if you are willing to put forth the effort to doing that, then you will know the joy of getting to tell someone about Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, it is so rewarding and so fulfilling. And yeah, it, it can feel a little bit awkward. I'm sure it was a, probably a little bit awkward for, you know, this guy in the chariot to, you know, all of a sudden have someone kind of run up beside him and say, hey, what you reading? I'm sure that was like, what? I'm sure that was a little weird. But that's exactly what Philip did. And, you know, Philip said, hey, do you understand what you're reading? Can, can I help explain it to you? And he intentionally steered the conversation toward Christ. Look, I mean, Philip could have easily said, you know, hey man, can you slow down for a minute so I can catch up? Like, man, that horse is fast. Where'd you get it? Hey, is this chariot new? Because it looks awesome. Oh, so you're from Ethiopia. Is it hot there in the summer? You know, I mean, he could have said anything, but he didn't do any of that. He intentionally steered the conversation toward Christ. And that's what you have to do. Because if you don't, I'm telling you, you will talk about everything under the sun except Christ. So we have to be the ones that steer the conversation. Okay? And then once you do, okay, 
Oh, well, let me tell you how I do it. Normally how I do it is I look for ways to get into a conversation, to insert in the conversation, you know, and ask them about church or, you know, ask them or tell them something that I learned about God or that I've learned from reading the Bible. And you, you could do the same. Talk about, you know, what something you've learned at church, what you've learned about the Bible, how God came through for you at a time in your life. Look for ways to insert those things into the conversation. Because again, if you don't, you'll talk about everything under the sun except Jesus. So you have to, you have to be the one that steers the conversation, okay? And then once you do, then you have to move to number two. And that is this, you have to know what to say. You gotta know what to say. Look what the Bible says in Acts 8.35 as the story continues. It says this, Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. So Philip explains the good news about Jesus to this guy. And you and I have to be able to explain the good news about Jesus to other people as well. Okay, what is the good news about Jesus? The good news is that Jesus offers to pay for your sin so you don't have to. And the best and easiest way to do this is to use what's called the bridge illustration. Okay, now look, you don't have to have a lot of verses memorized in order to use this illustration because you remember the person that you're sharing with, they don't view the Bible as their authority. That will come later. You have to be able to explain to them the concept, okay? So, I've given you some space in your bulletin where you can, you know, draw the bridge illustration along with me as I do it. Now, in order to get in the illustration, you always have to ask permission, okay? So, usually I do it like this. I'll say, hey, would it be okay if I shared with you a way that you can know 100% sure that you'll go to heaven when you die? You know, in all my years, I've never had anybody go, no. No, they always say, sure. And then once they say, sure, you get out a piece of paper or a napkin or just whatever you have handy, and you draw the bridge illustration, okay? Now, I've put some talking points there in your bulletin. I'm going to cover these as I go. So you just kind of need to keep these things in mind as you're doing the bridge illustration, okay? So it goes like this. You start by drawing a line and then something that looks like this, okay? And you say, look, God lives up in heaven. And you and I, we live here on earth. But we want to go to heaven when we die. But there's something that separates us from God. And that something that separates from God, us from God is sin. Our sin separates us from God and prevents us from going to heaven. Look, all of us have sinned. You've sinned, I've sinned. And sin is anything you've ever done wrong or ever thought wrong or ever said that's wrong. So we've all sinned. You've sinned, I've sinned, everybody. And so that means that we can't go to heaven on our own. Now, most people think that if I do enough good deeds, that my good deeds cancel out my sin. But that's not true. Good deeds don't cancel out sins. Sins aren't canceled out. Sins are forgiven. Because you can't go back and change your past. 
by doing enough good deeds in the future. So you can't earn your way to heaven by being good enough. You have to have your sins forgiven. And that's where Jesus comes in. You see, Jesus lived a perfect life, so he didn't need anybody to forgive him of his sins because he didn't have any sins. And so when Jesus died on a cross, and this is where you draw a cross, when Jesus died on a cross, he died so that his death would pay for our sins for us. And when he died, he took away our sins on the cross, and he offers that forgiveness to you for free. Now, the expectation is, is that you would live for him from this point forward. But if you would ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, then he now provides a bridge for you to go to heaven when you die. And that's it. Now, once you do this, it's paramount that you do number three. And number three is this. You have to ask for a decision. You have to ask for a decision. This is the most important part about sharing your faith. It's asking for a decision. Let's look at how Philip does that in Acts chapter 8, verses 36 through 38. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Now, does that seem like an odd response to anybody in this room? That after he explains all this, that the guy says, well, there's water, let me get baptized right now. That doesn't really make much sense as a response unless we understand that Philip had asked this guy for a decision. That perhaps Philip said something like, hey, would you like to become a Christ follower right now? And one of the very first commands that Jesus gives any new Christ follower is to be baptized. And so the guy says, well, here's water right here. How about I get baptized right now? Well, then the conversation seems to make sense. So Philip clearly asked this guy for a decision. And so then the guy responds with, yeah, I want to be baptized right now. I remember the very first time in my life that I shared this bridge illustration, um, I didn't know to ask for a decision. And I'll be honest with you, like, I rocked the illustration. Like, I, I, I jammed it. I did so good with this. It was, I mean, it was really good. But when I got to the end, I was sharing it with a classmate of mine. When I got to the end, like, we just stared at each other. Like, I don't really know what I thought he was going to do. Like, I, you know, I don't know what I thought he was going to say. Like, hey, my parents have a pool out back. How about I go get baptized right now? No, that didn't happen. So we just stared at each other. And then finally he broke the eyes and goes, well, okay. And uh, he took the piece of paper, folded it up, put it in his pocket, and walked off. And the moment was gone. And... I have no idea if he ever became a Christ follower or not. So here's what I say now. Here's what I do. And I printed it there for you in the bulletin. I say, would you like to become a Christ follower right now? Would you like to become a Christ follower 
right now. And if the person does, then I'll say, you know what? Then I'm going to pray a prayer, and I just want you to repeat it phrase by phrase after me. And I pretty much pray the same prayer that's written at the bottom of your sermon notes, on, uh, right below the next steps. I pretty much say that prayer verbatim, or pretty close to it. And that person, after they pray that prayer, then I invite them to come to church. And over the next couple weeks, I'll call them a few times, see how it's going, see if they have any questions, you know, encourage them to come to church, talk to them about getting baptized, you know, that kind of thing. Just try to encourage them in their decision along the way, okay? Now, I did this bridge illustration in church a couple of years ago, okay? And after I did it, a lady in our church, Joy Murdoch, was at work that week and um, felt that weird feeling that she should talk to her coworker uh, and steer the conversation towards Christ, and so she did. She said she was scared to death and had no idea what to say. So, you know what she did? She just reached in her purse, she pulled out the sermon notes, walked her friend through the sermon notes and through the bridge illustration, and her friend prayed to become a Christ follower right there at work, on the spot. How cool is that? I mean, that's amazing. And now, for those of you that were here a couple of years ago, and as I drove this, you're like, oh yeah, I know about that. Well, let me ask you. Have you shared it with anybody? When was the last time you shared your faith? I'll be honest with you, for me, it's been inexcusably too long. So you know what I started doing? I put on my personal prayer list asking God to let me share my faith with someone before the end of the month. I'm asking God to bring someone across my path that I could share my faith with before the end of the month. I'm asking God for the opportunity to you know, go chase a chariot to have the opportunity to tell someone who doesn't know about Jesus before the end of this month. Would you do the same? Would you join me in that prayer? Now listen, do you think that's the kind of prayer that God is going to answer? Yeah, I absolutely believe he's going to answer that prayer. So would you join me in praying that very same thing? I'm telling you, it's bold. Think about this. We have about 2,600 people that come to Parkway Fellowship on any given weekend. Let's say, you know, that like 800 of them are like kids fifth grade and under, and so they're not going to hear this message. But that means that 1,800 adults and teenagers will hear this message today. And not to mention, who knows how many people on the internet. What do you think would happen if by the end of the month, 1,800 people got a chance to share their faith with someone else. What could happen? How many people could have their lives changed? How many new people would be going to heaven by the end of the month? Think of how many families would Feel the effects of a mom or a dad or a teenager that has given their lives over to Christ 
then they might join them at church and have their lives changed as a result. I'm telling you, that scenario happens in this church all the time. So would you join me in asking God to give you the opportunity to share your faith with someone before the end of the month? Find your connection card. Let's take some next steps together. Perhaps it's this first next step. I hope you'll take it. I will pray and ask the Lord to give me the opportunity to share my faith before the end of the month. Would you pray that with me? Would you do that? Next, I commit to chase a chariot and take the opportunity to share my faith whenever the Lord gives me a chance. You're saying that, you know, from this point forward, whenever God gives me the chance, whenever I get that weird feeling the Holy Spirit's leading me to do it, I'm going to seize the moment and take that opportunity. Would you do that? Would you be that kind of person? Next, I will practice the bridge illustration with a friend so that I know it well. Look, take some time. Practice this with someone. It'll go so much better if you've practiced it a time or two. Trust me. So would you make it a point to practice it? Maybe, on, maybe with a, your spouse or with one of your kids. Practice it a time or two until you got it. Okay, next. I will watch the video of the bridge illustration on the Parkway Fellowship app to rehearse. If you download our church app on your phone or on your tablet, if you go to the video section, there's a video called How to Lead Someone to Christ. And in that video, I do the bridge illustration. So if you kind of forget, you're like, oh, how does that go? Use that. Now, in that video, I actually use a couple of Bible verses. You can use them, or you don't have to. Either way, it makes no difference. It's your call. But would you watch the video a time or two? So, like, oh, yeah, that's how it went. Oh, yeah, that's how to do it. Okay? Next, I will put the prayer to become a Christ follower in my wallet or purse so I can use it when I need it. What a great idea. Just cut that thing out. Put it in your wallet or your purse so that whenever you do share and you get the opportunity and you ask for a commitment, you've got that prayer that you can use. Next, I will pray the prayer to become a genuine Christ follower today for the first time in my life. You know, maybe for you, you realize, I've never done this. I've never cross that bridge. If you are ready to ask Jesus Christ to forgive you for everything you've ever done and follow him from this point forward, then I want you to pray that prayer to become a Christ follower. I'm going to give you a chance to do that here in just a second. But look at this last next step. Sign me up for a summer small group, and then there's a place to write a code. Okay, the code is on this little sheet that's in your bulletin. So what you do is you just find the place where you live and put the code for the geographic area where you live. Because our summer small groups run a little bit different than they do in the spring and the fall. Our summer small groups are grouped by geographic area, and it functions really more like a, like a block party type event, and they're super fun. We had one a few, couple weeks ago. Our next small group meeting for the summer is next Sunday night. And I'm telling you, it's a great opportunity for you to bring someone that's not a Christ follower or doesn't go to church, maybe a neighbor or a coworker. Perfect place because it's, it's such a non-threatening environment and they're gonna meet a lot of really nice, fun people. 
And you will too. You know, maybe, the, maybe you've got some neighbors that live around the corner from you. You have no idea they even go to this church. It's a perfect chance for you to meet them. So if you haven't signed up for a summer small group, do that right now. But I'm going to give everybody a chance to pray and ask God to help you follow through with the next steps that you've taken and use these steps to change your life. So, and if you're ready to be, so if you're ready to become a Christ follower, this is your chance to pray that prayer. So right now, everybody, bow your head, close your eyes. I want you to take these next moments and pray and ask God to help you follow through with your next steps. Let's do that right now. Father, I want to say thank you for your goodness to us to send Jesus to die for us when we didn't even know that we needed him, for reaching out to each one of us in this room that are Christ followers, for reaching out to us in the past by letting someone tell us the good news about Jesus. And I ask that you would give us the opportunity to tell someone else the same. For those in this room that became Christ followers today for the very first time, I ask that you would help them grow in their faith and grow in their love for you and tell someone else about you using this very simple illustration. And I ask that you would bring all of us back next week so that we can hear more. And I ask you to do all of this in the great name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, Find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.